Monday nights. Up late. Broadcasting from stolen land. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Highlighting DIY and autonomous politics music and subculture with a different theme each week. Welcome to Halcyon Days, a show about finding beauty, making refuges, heading underground, and gazing at the detritus in the end times. The 3CR studios are on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to Wurundjeri elders past and present, as well as the custodians of the lands and waters across the continent where our content reaches. And in the context of this show, it's important that we recognise that Sovereign First Peoples have survived many apocalypses, and continue to do so with creativity, strength and power. I'm Mia, I'll be with you for the next hour. Thanks so much to the folks from Radio Ecoshock for their insights. It's always sobering to hear the latest about our planet's health. Tonight I hope to make a space for pause, and breath, and maybe even hope. I'll be playing some tunes that have brought me there lately and sharing insights from people who are stewarding us through this era of collapse. Later in the show, I ask a climate activist what carries them through their work. For now, music for the end of the world. Thanks for being here with me, in the cracks, in the mess, in the underground. I'd love you to stick around.
Hi, we're the Marindas, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 
From the album I Thought I Was an Alien, released 2012, that was We Might Be Dead Tomorrow by Soko. Before that, Sharon Van Etten with The End of the World. I was lucky enough to catch Sharon at Meredith Music Festival recently, a real highlight of my weekend. And at the top of that bracket was Noble Experiment by Thinking Fellas Union Local 282, from their album Strangers from the Universe, released 1994. You're with Mia on Halcyon Days, a show of satellite skies. We're taking a look at the detritus, seeking refuge in the cracks and the underground. It's messy down here, and lovely, and the grounds for a new kind of hope that can carry us through all these endings. We've been having an end-of-the-world sing-along. I hope you've been enjoying it. And the plan is to keep the music coming, But first, I'd love to share a poem I heard recently. It's by Aisha Siddiqua, a Pakistani climate justice advocate living in Turtle Island, the US. The poem is called, On another panel about climate, they asked me to sell the future, and all I've got is a love poem. It gave me a little twinkle, and I hope it gives you one too. What if the future is soft? and revolution is so kind that there is no end to us in sight. Whole cities breathe and bad luck is bested by a promise to the leaves. To withstand our own end is difficult. The future frolics about, promised to no one, as is her right. Rage against injustice makes the voice grow harsher yet. If the future leaves without us, the silence that will follow will be an unspeakable nothing. What if we convince her to stay? How rare and beautiful it is that we exist. What if we stun existence one more time? When I wake up, get out of bed, my seven-year-old cousin with her ruptured belly tags along. Then follows my grandmother, aunts, my other cousins, and the violent shape of their drinking water. The earth remembers everything. 
Our bodies are the color of the earth, and we are nobodies. Been born from so many apocalypses, what's one more? Love is still the only revenge. It grows each time the earth is set on fire. But for what it's worth, I'd do this again. Gamble on humanity 100 times over. Commit to life unto life as the trees fall and take us with them. I'd follow love into extinction. If I could go back to a time before now, before I ever fell down, go back to a time when I was just a girl, when I
costing you more than money? Alcoholics Anonymous provides a free and anonymous recovery service to anyone who wants to call it quits. Join millions of other alcoholics worldwide and take your first brave steps towards a new beginning. There are thousands of AA meetings happening every week across Australia. If you'd like to find your closest meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous or have any questions regarding this tried and tested treatment for alcoholism, Call 1300 AA AA AA. That's 1300 22 22 22. Or visit aa.org.au. This community service announcement is sponsored by Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, oh, oh. 
This is 3CR. This is Satellite Skies. This is Halcyon Days. This is Mia. I'm grateful for you, and I'm hoping with me you're finding space for gratitude in these end times. I was recently challenged by a prompt posed by philosopher and activist Joanna Macy. As I face the collapse of our culture, what I'm grateful for is... For me, on this Monday night with you, as I face the collapse of our culture, I'm grateful for music. I'm so grateful to be able to share with you some music that moves and motivates me, that speaks in some way to endings and collapse, from artists who feel the weight of this moment and help us all to carry it. Up top we heard, A Lot's Gonna Change, from Wise Blood's album Titanic Rising, released 2019. In the middle, Apocalypse by Cigarettes After Sex, released 2017. And underneath me now, Die Happy from Sufjan Stevens' album The Ascension, 2020. Sufjan Stevens is an incredibly prolific musician whose work covers all sorts of themes, one being religion and spirituality. He shares a lovely grounding prayer that some days gives me just the right nudge. I hope you like it too. Sufjan Stevens, my prayer today. I want to do the best work I can do. I want to be the best person I can be. I want to give as much as I can give. I want to take as much as I can take of the world's bullshit. I want to know when to move and when to be still. I don't want to judge. I don't want to hate. I don't want to be a total mess. I want serenity. I want justice. I want peace. I want common sense. I want to be well. I want to be light. I want to be love. I want to be living in fullness always. We must continue to live in fullness for those who no longer have life. You're with Mia on Halcyon Days. This is 3CR 855 AM. Thanks for listening.
We're talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing, but we basically mean the same things, don't we, here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world, they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au. While the headlines have subsided, the nuclear power plant is still not under control, with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is ours. is closer to midnight than it's ever been in the lifetime of almost everyone in this room. The last time it was closer was 64 years ago, in 1953, after the Soviet Union exploded its first uh, hydrogen bomb, creating the modern arms race.
just gone 20 to 12. You're on 3CR 855 AM and I'm taking us into dance territory. I hope you're enjoying these beats for the end of the world. Underneath me, Prodrome from Roxy Moore's EP Thoughts of an Introvert Part 1, released 2017 on Don't Be Afraid. Before that, River Yarra's The Frogs Are Dying Part 1, a 2021 release on French label Utu Records. Dance music is one of my go-to selves for end times despair. At points in great DJ sets, I notice that unlike any other time, I'm able to think about climate change and collapse without feeling overwhelmed. There's such deep gratitude for the transcendence, connection and the beauty of the moment that it feels bearable for just a moment that so much is lost. Of course, it doesn't take much to push me through the thin ice and back down into grief. In dance music spaces, I'm always teetering, ready for some moment, person, comment or thought to send me spiralling about the surreal indulgence of such spaces. Sometimes if I'm playing a set and that feeling wells up in me, I mix in this track, wait for the doomsday commentary and watch for recognition in the faces of the crowd. It comforts me to vocalise through a track like this, something that features so large in my worldview in a space where it can seem to be invisible. As music so often does, it helps me feel less isolated in my grief. To remember that many people, perhaps some of them in the bar with me, are afraid. Lama Willa B. Miller reminds us why this is so vital. When we recognise that this is how so many others feel, we can commune with the suffering of others. We redirect our attention from the story stimulating anger to our empathy for all those impacted by climate change, even the deniers. By redirecting our focus from a polarising narrative to a uniting one, we start building a more sustainable platform for action. Lama Willoughby Miller, a wise teacher in these end times. I'm now excited to share with you the words of another wise teacher, a good friend of mine and organiser in the climate space, Odette. Odette organises with Blockade Australia a collective aiming to resist Australia's climate destruction with organised disruption. For their safety, they are using a pseudonym. Odette, thanks so much for joining me on Halcyon Days. Great to be here, Mia. Thanks for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about what drives the work you do? A few things. Uh, I feel like over the last five years or so, I've just slowly gained a greater appreciation of how fucked a lot of this world is and how destructive it is and I guess you know climate being the entry point to that and yeah feeling a lot of anger and a sense of responsibility to be acting I guess the further I get into the work and the more connected I feel with a lot of people also engaged in resistance it's been really inspiring and I guess fueled more of a sense of love and connectedness as a driver and a bit more hope too. Um, In terms of that word hope, I guess this show is one where we explore the notion of apocalypse, what it means to be living in an era that many see as a crisis point or an ending. How do you navigate the intensity of living and organising at this moment? What role does hope play or how else do you manage to keep doing the work that you're doing given the intensity of these times? 
Uh, yeah, at times I don't feel like I manage it that well. I can often be feeling pretty resentful and despairing. Uh, but I think I found it helpful to realize that I, I want to be acting regardless of outcome, like the outcomes of my work or the, or the broader movement and that there is something kind of beautiful in, in acting without, yeah, without knowing just because you know it's the right thing to do. Do you hear much language around apocalypse or end times in the spaces that you organise? Do you hear people talk much about what futures might be ahead? Yeah, all the time. And it's very validating when you're not hearing a lot of it in other parts of your life. And, you know, sometimes it can be framed in, in as humour and that can be a bit of a release and then other times it's really deadly serious stuff. What do you think of a kind of trend of memifying the notion of living in the end times? <laughs> yeah, it's something I've definitely thought a little bit about and have been annoyed by and found distressing because it does often smack of resignation and I mean I think it also really depends on who's memifying it and are they also in resistance or not as I like I think it's a it's a legitimate kind of letting off of steam um if you're doing the work but if you're not I um find that harder to swallow and for those who are resigned and aren't active in a space like this or in other spaces that are trying to work for a better future what would you say to them or what do you think might get them out of that space of resignation? Uh, just that I do think resignation is a, is a cop-out given the complexity of, you know, these the kind of natural and human systems we're dealing with and the uncertainty in that. And I, I don't think we can be avoiding collapse, but I think we can be blunting some of the edges of it. And regardless of, you know, how much destruction we we stop. I think a lot of this work is also just about building the kind of skills and relationships and communities that we'll be needing um, as the collapse kind of gathers pace and is has greater impact on our lives. We're not just um, acting in opposition to all the awful things, but we're living out the world we want to be seeing. And yeah, it's a it's a kind of a beautiful and nourishing thing. What kind of skills or dispositions do you see yourself developing in this space that you see carrying you through the collapse that is coming in upon us already? Uh, I mean, a mix of, of practical skills. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of really generous skill sharing that goes on in, the, in activist communities and, you know, whether it's like growing food or, um, yeah, fixing things or or the kind of relationship and organising sort of decision-making skills that, you know, there's obviously a lot of emphasis in anti and non-hierarchical kind of decision-making and it's not, they're not really skills we're taught in our workplaces and schools and um, they are, you know, they can be really messy and um, challenging but there's also a lot of power in them and I think we're going to rely on them more as the institutions and structures that, that we usually um, delegate those, that kind of thinking to falls apart, we have to just take on more roles in our lives and 
get better at working with lots of different people, you know, because those relationships aren't just about doing well in your job or in, yeah, enjoying your job. It's it's about, you know, survival and meaningfully caring for, for people and ourselves. One of the challenges that I imagine in your work is to look further than this collapse or these collapses that make up the crisis that you're trying to fight to stop or to, at least to mitigate. If you do look past a point of apocalypse or a point where it will become clear that we haven't been able to stave off the disaster of climate change and the collapse of institutions that comes with it, what do you foresee, say, if you were to try and picture your life in 50 years or even any kids' lives that you know of now, what do you think things will look like then? Yeah, big question. A bit hard to imagine still being in the city, assuming we're, you know, relying on growing growing our own food. So, yeah, best case scenario, out on a farm with, you know, friends and families and to be honest, it's not something I've thought a lot about. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I feel like it can be a bit of a blind spot. And I say blind spot, it has negative connotations that I don't really want to invoke, but it feels like something that we sideline because it takes so much energy to be doing the work that we're doing, resisting the crisis and the people who are most perpetrating it. But what's important alongside of that is working on our imaginative literacy is trying to picture what's going to come next and it's true that we're building those skills and we're building those networks and we are becoming more resilient to change through the work that we're doing but I think to have some conversations and be thinking about what is life going to look like and when it comes it will be less of a shock is a really great project to be doing. Yeah I think a lack of imagination is is a huge problem um, you know obviously cult, you know society-wide but even in in communities that are you know fighting for change and it's really hard to engage in that in a expansive way it's a problem for the left generally about not being able to kind of construct and communicate more a sort of positive alternative and because there is so much to be against and it doesn't create the bigger the most sort of appealing movement to be joining mm. Well, it's pretty heavy stuff to talk about and I really appreciate you sharing about the work that you're doing and how you carry the weight of living in awareness of the crisis point that we are at. Are there any words that you would share with people who may be listening and feeling that weight with you of living in the end times? That, yeah, it's it's terrifying and all sorts of awful, but it's also an incredible privilege to be living in such an important point in human history and I'd, people throughout history have thought they're living in important times and they have to different extents but this really is fucking important and it's kind of amazing to have agency in that in a moment like that and yeah love and respect to everyone out there that's fighting and I really appreciate you running the show and talking about this stuff so thank you Mia well thank you I'm so grateful that you came on to talk with me
Well, all this talk of endings and it's coming towards the end of the show. I've had such a wonderful time. It's an honour to carve this quiet corner out and look around at the mess with you. Underneath me is No More Mosquitoes by Fortet from his album Pause, released 2001. Fortet will be visiting soon. He's just been announced on the Golden Plains Festival lineup. If you make it along, come find me and we can skate the thin ice of climate despair on the dance floor together. As the moon gets high in the sky, I'd love to end the show with a track made for dancing the apocalypse blues away. It's DJ Kotze's remix of Jerry Reed, It'll All Be Over. In the words of Emma Goldman, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. Thanks for joining me on this journey of hope and presence amidst the chaos. You've been listening to Mia on Halcyon Days, a show of satellite skies. This is 3CR, 855 AM. Thanks so much for tuning in.